0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the China Untold podcast, a platform dedicated to sharing lesser known stories from the world's most populous nation. I'm your host, Matt Bossens, coming at you from Shanghai, China. You may have noticed during the introduction that I'm coming at you from a different city today, the city of Shanghai. Located in the Yangtze River Delta. Now, um, me and my family recently relocated here from Beijing. I uh, accepted an editorial job based here in Shanghai. So, over the coming weeks and months, me and my family will be exploring the city and hopefully we will be bringing you some very interesting stories from Shanghai. Now, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Yuan is Beijing's biggest and best-known antique market regularly attracting orc-like hordes of tourists and locals alike to wander the warren of booths and stalls, both indoor and outside. All manner of old and made-to-look-old items are on offer here. Jade carvings, stone buddhas, ancient coins, CPC pins and propaganda posters, replica Korean war medals, and mounds and mounds of books. On a brisk October day last year, while standing at a hawker stand specializing in old Chinese books, I came across a curious title, The Art of the Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien, in English language and hardcover form. The book, a collection of sketches and maps made by Tolkien, was published in 2015, and compiled by Wayne G. Hammond and Christina Skull, both well-known scholars of the father of high fantasy. While there is no shortage of English-language books and magazines lying around Panjiayuan, this one caught my eye, if for no other reason than it stood out amongst the mounds of Chairman Mao's iconic Little Red Book. A short time and a few stalls later, I came across a shoebox filled to the brim with old Chinese-language Magic the Gathering cards. For the uninitiated, Magic the Gathering is a fantasy card game that sometimes draws inspiration from the beings and beasts of Middle-earth. Some fans of the game have even created playing-card decks inspired by Tolkien's work. As a fan of the fantasy genre, and in particular Tolkien's works, the two finds got me thinking. How and when did Tolkien's work arrive in China? And does China have a Tolkien fanbase as rabid and passionate as that in the West? In a broad sense, fantasy is nothing new in China. In the 16th century, during the Ming Dynasty, the classic Chinese novel, Journey to the West was published. The story, which chronicles the adventures of a Buddhist monk who travels to India to recover Buddhist scriptures, features numerous magical beings, most notably the Monkey King, Sun Wukong. But The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit are different. For one, they are Europe-centric, with the author drawing inspiration from European folklore, religion, and language. His experiences in war-torn Europe during World War I also influenced elements of his Middle-earth legendarium. Characteristics of East Asian folklore, religion, and language are noticeably absent from Tolkien's work, which means that an approachable cultural entry point can be challenging to find for prospective Chinese readers. Originally published way back in 1954-1955, Tolkien's trilogy was released when the People's Republic of China was mostly closed off to the world. Revolutionary Mao Zedong and the Communist Party of China had risen to power only a half decade prior to the release of the Fellowship of the Ring, and land reforms and collectivization were underway. Only a trickle of foreign media made its way into the country at the time, most of it of the ideologically-aligned and Soviet variety. The greatest hindrance for Tolkien's masterpieces in China, though, was the lack of a Chinese-language translation of The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. This impediment wouldn't be overcome until 1998, when the Wanxiang and Lianjing publishing companies in Taiwan released two versions of The Lord of the Rings, translated into traditional Chinese characters. Since then, several more versions of Tolkien's three-part epic have been translated into both traditional and simplified Chinese characters, along with some of his other stories, including The Adventures of Tom Bombadil and other verses from the Red Book, Roverandum, The Silmarillion, and of course, The Hobbit. Many other stories have not been officially translated, though. Still, Many of the Chinese-language translations of Tolkien's three-volume epic have suffered due to the lack of cultural context mentioned earlier. A thesis paper written in the year 2000 by a student at Fujian Catholic University in Taiwan analyzed the various translation issues present in the first Chinese-language versions of The Lord of the Rings. The author David Vanderpeet notes that both versions include a myriad of translation gaffes and fail to convey the original meaning of Tolkien's text. He attributes these shortcomings to the translator's lack of knowledge of the complicated linguistic and cultural backdrop that frames the trilogy. Later translations suffered from similar criticisms. Of the numerous The Lord of the Rings Chinese language translations, the work of Taiwan resident Teng Wan stands out. Tang first got acquainted with the fantasy trilogy while studying at a British university in the late 1990s. According to a 2018 China Daily profile, she felt so enchanted by the novels that she decided she would translate them into Chinese. Unfortunately, Tung was a little late to the party and the above-mentioned Chinese-language versions of The Lord of the Rings already existed. So, after returning to Taiwan in 1998, she set about translating the Silmarillion instead. Her version was published in Taiwan in 2002 and spread online in the Chinese mainland, since there was no official print version. Tung's dream to translate and publish a Chinese version of The Lord of the Rings would eventually come true though, In 2012, she was tapped to create a new version of the iconic Trilogy, along with two other Chinese Tolkien fans that she met through online forums. The finished product was published in 2013, and has been hailed by some as the most accurate translation of the story of the quest to destroy the One Ring. While the success of Peter Jackson's three-part film adaptation of The Lord of the Rings was practically guaranteed in the Western world, there were no promises it would be a shoe in blockbuster in the PRC. If you don't believe me, look no further than the Star Wars films for an example of popular Western media that has consistently bombed on the Chinese mainland. Despite the obstacles to the success of the story of Frodo and the Ring of Power in the Chinese market, Jackson's films would find a reason to celebrate in China. Chicago-based physicist and writer Dr. Yangyang Cheng recounted the fanfare around the launch of the Fellowship of the Ring in China in an essay published on subchina.com earlier this year. Dr. Chung, who is now 31, grew up in a medium-sized city in central China, and was first introduced to Tolkien's work when her mother brought home a Chinese-language collection of classic Western stories. The abridged versions of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings were her favorites. When asked about the hype for the film adaptation of Fellowship, Dr. Chung told me via email that, quote, Posters and billboards for the movies were everywhere in the city, and my classmates and I talked about it often at school. Quote. In her Sub China essay, she also notes that Chinese language adaptations of the books were soon prominently featured in every bookstore. Of course, China's once ubiquitous roadside DVD hawkers began offering copies of Jackson's films with dubious licensing. In 2004, Jackson's The Return of the King became the top film at the Chinese box office, a massive achievement. The debut of the Lord of the Rings films in China led to an increase in Tolkien-related media in the PRC, and soon a large number of citizens were at the very least familiar with the writer's stories. A decade after the last film in Jackson's first trilogy was released, when the filmmakers' comparatively lackluster conclusion to the three-part film adaptation of The Hobbit hit silver screens, it was the Chinese market that helped it rake in the Dragon's Horde. On its opening weekend in China, The Hobbit, The Battle of Five Armies, brought in a record-breaking $49.5 US dollars. According to a Vanity Fair article from early 2015, quote, even though it did pretty well domestically, The Hobbit Trilogy didn't end up being quite the box office titan The Lord of the Rings was back in the pre-Marvel era of 2003. That is, until today. The Hobbit The Battle of Five Armies premiered in China this weekend to a record-breaking $49.5 million US dollars bringing its worldwide revenue to 866.5 million U.S. dollars. Even Greedy smog might be happy with that." Quote. In April and May of this year, in celebration of the 20th anniversary of the release of the Fellowship of the Ring film, all three of Jackson's movies were re-released in Chinese theaters. In Beijing, organized groups of Tolkien fans descended on theaters to venture into the fantastical world of Middle-earth. Many of them were new fans, experiencing the trilogy on the big screen for the very first time. From no Tolkien, to translated Tolkien, to Jackson's impressive cinematic adaptations, The Lord of the Rings found its way into China's public consciousness. Heck. The fantasy novels and films have proven so popular in China that a company constructed a One Ring-inspired skyscraper in 2019 in southwest China's Chongqing municipality. As I present this podcast in 2021, global Tolkien fandom collectively smashes their fingers against screens and keyboards, hunting for the latest details of Amazon's massive-budget TV series set in Middle-earth's second age. I wonder, how will the upcoming Tolkien-inspired Amazon series be received in China?
1: I think Lord of the Rings has a really great reputation all over the world and of course including in China. Uh I feel like it's one of those works of Western literature that is most accessible to anyone around the world, uh whether it be someone in Europe, someone in North America, or someone in Asia. And I am very curious whether the Amazon Prime version will do justice to the story and be as accessible to people in Asia and in China, as it might be to people in Europe or North America, for example.
0: That was Brian Grogan, the culture editor at Shanghai-based digital publication Radii China. While it's difficult to say with certainty, I'm of the belief the Lord of the Rings TV program will likely find a ready and welcoming fan base in the PRC. For one, the super high-budget series will presumably benefit from Chinese audiences' familiarity with Tolkien's literature and Jackson's films. The TV show also stands a strong chance of stepping into the void left when HBO's mega-hit series Game of Thrones wrapped up in 2019. Game of Thrones proved incredibly popular in China, with Chinese President Xi Jinping even believed to have referenced the show during an official meeting on at least one occasion. In addition to being name-dropped by one of the world's most powerful men, the fantasy series truly connected with Chinese fans. Considerable online chatter preceded and followed each new Game of Thrones episode on China's Twitter-like microblog platform Weibo. A 2017 article in The Diplomat even suggested that Game of Thrones led to an increase in tourists from China to places like Croatia and Ireland, where parts of the HBO series were filmed. Here's Mr. Grogan again.
1: I'm interested to see if Amazon's The Lord of the Rings gets released in China and how it gets released here. Uh, I wonder, being from Amazon, who they would partner with as a domestic streaming partner and whether it's allowed to stream in China. I think it was the last episode of Game of Thrones that was shown on Tencent or was not shown on Tencent as the case was which caused a certain amount of controversy and unhappiness with fans of the series.
0: Grogan adds that it's still kind of unclear why the final episode of the popular fantasy series was unavailable in China, but that its content may have caught the attention of censorship authorities for its depiction of a monarch's murder and the resulting change of power. As few plot details of Amazon's upcoming Lord of the Rings series have been made public at this point, it's presently difficult to say whether the series has story elements that may displease China's censorship officials. That said, if Amazon's Adventure in Middle-earth can partner with a PRC-based streamer and get past the country's rigid censorship rules, I'm confident that it will find welcoming fans. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the China Untold podcast. To learn more about the podcast and to find a list of sources used for this episode, please visit our website, www.chinauntoldpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at China Untold, and on Facebook by searching China Untold Podcast. Thank you for joining me and I look forward to catching you next time with another fascinating story from the Middle Kingdom.